Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 151. It's a common thing to reflect on a conversation that you've had, and then you think, I wish I hadn't said that. Or it might be, I wish I had said more. I wish I had spoken up. I wish I had given my opinion. I wish I had said something more. I think it depends on our personalities, doesn't it? I mean, for some of us, we're more likely to overspeak and give lots of thoughts and opinions. And and then for others, it's like, oh, I wish I had... I wish I'd said said more. The teaching today, I think, is you're going to find this he- this helpful, no matter what side you fall on. You know, we're looking at uh, the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the Plain. It's certainly Jesus' most famous sermon. You know, it's one thing to listen and agree with Jesus' teachings, but it's another thing altogether to learn how to live them. And Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, Luke 6, there's two versions. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is is really about instruction on how to live well in this world. And he gave these teachings many, many, many times. Um, You know, for most things, it takes a lifetime to learn these things. You know, someone can't give you a teaching once on, let's say, anger. Let's say you hear a teaching on anger. Um, How many times will you have to listen to a teaching on anger before you start to get a handle on it? So whether it's anger or whether it's learning how to forgive or whether it's uh, leaving the past behind and, and not carrying our fears with us into the present moment, whatever it is that we are learning, it seems to take a long time. And uh, this is just the way it is. So the, the, there's certain things that can't be rushed. And so with Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, we get the impression, if you would read the scripture, we would get the impression that he sits down with the disciples and then starts to, you know, give them one teaching after another, after another, after another. But in actual fact, uh, it was more a case that he would continually teach them these things. Now, the famous part of the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the Plain are the blessings, like blessed are the poor uh, or blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness or blessed are those who weep. And all these blessings, or the beatitudes they're called. The interesting thing about the Sermon on the Mount, although it's pretty famous, it's not necessarily very appealing. In other words, when you listen to it, when Jesus teaches, blessed are the poor, you think, I don't really want to be poor. Or if Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, or blessed are those who weep, or blessed are those who mourn, you think, I don't really want to mourn. I don't really want to weep. Or he says things like, blessed are the persecuted. Again, it's the same thing. 
Many of the blessings that Jesus in the teaching gives are things that we wouldn't necessarily want. Blessed are those who are persecuted. We're thinking, I don't want to be persecuted. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be hungry. I don't want to, to weep. <laughs> or another one, blessed are the meek. And you might think, well, I don't want to be meek. I'll be get taken advantage of. So upon first reading of the Sermon on the Mount, or particularly the section which we call the Beatitudes, the Blessings, um, the whole sermon is actually Matthew 5, 6, and 7, I think, the whole chapters. But the Blessings, upon first reading, might not sound that great. But when we begin to look at the teaching in greater depth, we begin to catch a glimpse of this new way of being and living and responding in the world. And that's really a lot of what Jesus' teaching is about. It's about learning how to respond differently and live differently in this world. You know, there's a great proverb that says... um, there's a way that seems right to people, but, the end, but in the end, it leads to death. Which means, sounds kind of scary, but it's like there are ways that seem right to people. People around you will tell you all sorts of things. There are many, many promises floating around And the promises are saying, find me and you'll be happy. This is going to do it for you. All you need is this. Jesus would question all of that. And he would say, yeah, there's a way that seems right to people. There's a common way that seems right to people. But in the end, it's an empty promise. So, you know, question that. A common thing. What you, all you need is the, the right job. All you need is the right salary. All you need is the right house. All you need are enough toys or different experiences or different relationships or success. And all, yeah, Jesus would say, these things can only take you so far. But there's a lot more to living. It's like, okay, like what? Well, let's just begin with blessed are the meek. Let's just even start with one beatitude. And I like this one because it really is is one of these ones that, again, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense and it's not particularly appealing, which is why I like it. Because when you first read it, the teaching is Jesus is saying, here's the wisdom for everyday life. Blessed are the meek. They shall inherit the earth. Or another way of saying it is, blessed are the meek, they will live on the earth as God intended. So Jesus is saying, I have another way for you. It's a different path. Let's call it the narrow path because it's, it's, it's not the wide road. It's not the common way. Blessed are the meek. Now, when we think of meek, we think of quiet, non-intrusive, maybe kind of weak people. When we think of a meek person, we might think of someone in the background, um, 
I don't even think today that we use the word meek in a complimentary way. Because the word meek uh, has connotations of being delicate, almost a bit feeble, hesitant, powerless. I mean, you wouldn't say, she'd make a great leader, she's so meek. But when you go back to the original language, remember the New Testament was written in New Testament Greek. Uh, when you go back to that original word, it really opens up and makes so much more sense because in the original language, the word meek is praus, P-R-A-U-S. And praus is a fascinating word because it's a word that means great power and strength under skilled control. So it would be a person who has great inner strength but is restrained the power is, rest is restrained and it's directed power. So it would be like saying, blessed are the meek. How fortunate are you if you have learned, or let's just say, if, you're, if we're learning. How fortunate are you if you're learning how to use your strength, how to use your power, your desires in such a way that you can restrain before acting before speaking, commenting, judging, giving opinions, doing something, whatever. Blessed are the meek. So it's really got nothing at all to do with being a, a quiet, non-intrusive person. In fact, Jesus was described as meek. Remember he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am prouse, I am meek. I am meek. That's in Matthew 21. And again, it doesn't mean insignificant. It doesn't mean feeble. It's this idea of, actually, there's great power there, but it is restrained. It's really lacking, I think, in our world today, this idea of meek people. Um, Another place it's, it describes Jesus as meek as, uh, it's actually the Palm Sunday text toward the end of his life. It says, behold, look, your king comes, prouse, meek, and riding on a donkey. So it's like, look, here's your leader. Here's your king. But this is a different king. This is one with power who does not lord it over others. That's meekness. It's what we call and it's what you could call servant leadership. It's kind of the opposite of despotism, where you just barge and take over and the loudest wins. Uh, yeah, it's like servant leadership. It's, it's, it's actually not that admired in our culture, really. I mean, just think about media, think about our news, or think about a movie. When was the last time you saw a movie where the good guy restrains himself when he's wronged and he's the hero? You know, not so often, right? Usually, usually it's, we like payback movies. They're more popular. You know, the first half of the movie, all the bad things happen to the hero. And then in the second half of the movie, the hero goes after the bad guys and the payback happens 
It's like that's, that's a great example of what is not meek. Because in these movies, what happens is, is that the hero goes after the bad guys and just cuts loose, goes berserk, and does everything he or she can do to get even and pay back. Uses all their energy and their power and their wits and their whatever just to get even. Jesus would say, yeah, that's pretty much the opposite of meekness. So you see, meekness doesn't come so easily. In our world, we tend to veer toward the other way. I mean, you can see this energy uh, from in children at a very, very young age. You can watch children play, and uh, you can see as children play with each other or as you work with them, you can see early on that uh, some more than others, there isn't a lot of restrained strength, right? There's not a lot of consideration of others. Uh, the goal is, much of the time, uh, to make the children make their, their needs and their desires and their wishes known, and then they take on any authority that would restrain them in any way. And of course, that's understandable when you're six. But if you're still doing that when you're 36, Obviously, something's, something's wrong, right? Because a big part of our spiritual life is learning this new way of being that Jesus taught. He says, I'm, I'm meek and gentle of spirit. Learn from me. I'm meek and gentle. Learn from me. It's definitely not winner takes all. Now, meekness isn't a strong person trying to act weak. I mean, that's not meekness. That's just pretending to be someone you're not. So it's more a case of following Jesus' way is about being willing to allow God to influence you or, I suppose, rein you in in some way so that you can think before you act, stop before you insist, Stop before you dominate or stop before you give unwanted opinions. Now, obviously, not everyone in the world is going to be brash and opinionated and try and bully their way in to get what they want. Uh, there's many, many people in the world that, are, that tend to be quiet and unoffensive but that's not necessarily meek in the sense that Jesus is referring to. Uh, you can be quiet and unoffensive, but not necessarily be meek. You could be quiet because you don't want to make trouble, right? Or maybe you figured a long, long time ago it's easier to be nicer and it works out better in the long run. Well, that's not necessarily meekness. You might have learned uh, years ago that, that if you play it right, you can still get what you want in a nice way. Well, again, that's not necessarily meekness. Meekness is, first of all, first of all, you have to own and, and claim the authority that you have, the power that you have. Now, everybody's got authority and everyone's got power. They might not be aware of it. We might not be aware of it, but we all have 
authority and power in the sense that we can influence other people for good or not, right? Maybe for quite gentle people, they need to learn how to speak up and say it out loud and, and not just go with the flow when they really don't agree. I mean, that's actually another of Jesus' teaching when he said, blessed, blessed are the peacemakers. That's another one of his teachings. It's like, I didn't say blessed are the peacemakers, you know? Um, blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. In other words, you can keep the peace because just because you hate conflict. That's not what he's talking about. So for Jesus, it's about learning how to live in a way that doesn't necessarily come naturally to us. So when we think about power and we think about strength, and by the way, it's not, we're not talking about physical strength here. Sometimes the one who yields the most power in the room or in the family or in the business, they might be the weakest physically. They might be the tiniest person in the household, right? But they wield a lot of power. They have a lot of influence. Meekness is this kind of strength that's restrained. It's kind of hard to find the balance, you know, because people are naturally, some people are naturally loud and opinionated and bossy. And not necessarily in a negative way. They just are, they're just highly assertive. They find it, you probably know people like this, they find it, it's very easy for them to express their opinions. And it's not necessarily bad. It's just who they are. They, you, you'll know people like this. They're very expressive. Of course, the, the danger of this is, is to, um, you can, it can be a bit overwhelming, can't it, to people around you. And the danger is, too, that when you are highly assertive, it works to some extent. It gets you where you want to go. But what Jesus is saying is, is that's not enough. It needs to be tempered with something else. It's not enough to just be opinionated or highly assertive or high energy, moving it type of person. It needs to be tempered by what we'd say, I guess we'd say it needs to be tempered by the Holy Spirit, which is the, the power of God. Um, and the same is true for quiet, introverted, retiring types of people. Uh, the types of people that are easily overlooked, the background people, the steady, not so opinionated. They're not so opinionated because they really do want everyone to get on and they want everyone to be happy. And that's a good thing. We need people like this too. But again, the danger is to not step into your God-given influence and power. So it doesn't really matter what side of the line you fall on, whether you happen to be the quiet, retiring, type or the louder, highly assertive type. 
both need to learn meekness. Remember at the beginning I said sometimes we reflect on a conversation and we think, oh, I wish I hadn't said that or I wish I had said it differently or could I have done that differently? Maybe I spoke too soon. Maybe this person's offended or maybe I hurt them. And on the other hand, you could say, well, I wish I'd said something. I mean, I've lost my opportunity now and I didn't really take the chance to say what I needed to say. Uh, either side, Jesus would say, no, blessed are the meek. Both sets of people or sides can learn from this. Regardless of personality type, meekness, Jesus is saying, allows you to experience a different quality of life. It's the meek that inherit the earth. That is, live in the way God intended us to live on the earth. That's living, that's life. Remember Jesus' great line, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And this abundant life that he talks about, for the most part, it doesn't come easily to us. It really doesn't because it tends to go against what we, I don't know, what we find easy. Or we might say what comes naturally to us. Jesus is coming along and saying, well, maybe this doesn't come naturally to you. This is a spiritual lesson. It, you, you, can learn how, you can learn this way. You can learn prowess, meekness. Um, yeah, Jesus is saying, well, maybe this doesn't come naturally. Maybe this is something that you have to learn. Maybe this is something that we have to grow into. I mean, when was, when was the last time someone helped you grow in meekness? Probably never. It's just not something that we've really been raised with, is it? It's just not something that we've been taught how to use our inner strength, our energy, our desires, our passion, how to use it well. We haven't really learned meekness. We haven't really learned how to restrain strength and allow God to guide us rather than just our first impulse or our first reaction. It's hard for us to wait and reassess well, really, that's what prayer is, isn't it? You know, when we're asking for guidance, I think that's what prayer is. We're stopping. It's probably the most important thing about prayer. Actually, when I think about it, probably the most important thing about prayer is just stopping. Before we even speak, before we even ask, we just stop. We just don't move ahead. We just don't do anything. Because it gives God a chance to influence us whether it means that our meekness would present itself as an, I need to step forward here and I need to state, say something or I need to take an action or I need to make a decision or whether meekness would look like um, I need to not give my opinion on this. I really don't need to say something all the time. I really don't need to respond all the time or fix all the time. I think I can just listen here without a need to constantly correct 
or express or disagree or whatever, right? It's just prayer. It's just a, a waiting, a stopping so that God can come and guide us and show us what it looks like for us to grow into meek people. There's the prayer. There's the heart cry. God, help me to learn this way of restrained power, restrained strength, so that I might follow you into that abundant life that you promise. Well, thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.